Welcome to the Daily Objective. It is day 26 of uh, the war in Israel. I'm joined by James Valiant. We're going to talk today about Yemen. Um, well, a sort of declared war, but who it is that declared war is uh, unclear because what really is officially Yemen uh, is unclear. There is civil war. We're going to talk about that uh, during this episode. Before we do, there's news updates. Um, Yesterday, we started the show uh, with a news update that two Israeli soldiers uh, were killed in uh, in Gaza. I, I said at the time, this is uh, this is going to be a feature of uh, of shows um, going forward today. Um, the IDF reported 14 more soldiers dead, um, 13 of them in Gaza, another one uh, near Gaza killed from a rocket fired by Hamas. So um yeah that the brings the, still coming. Yeah. So that brings the tally in, in Gaza to fifteen um and sixteen over the past uh, uh day or so. Um who have been uh, uh you know that the IDF has released uh, their names. Now it, it takes a while uh for that to happen. So yeah. Uh of course I hope we're not gonna hear more of this. I um fully expect us to to hear more of this and that israel you know one of the one of the things that i don't know if we should look at as positive or not is uh you know they're, they're saying now that uh the idf is at the entrance to gaza city you know which which means uh they are essentially uh not far from uh taking over the gaza strip um but gaza city uh, not far geographically uh, i mean you can't really be far geographically because it's not a big uh, area but uh Gaza City uh, can also be very, very dangerous to Israeli soldiers. Very. So, yeah. Very that, that they have, in my view, it, it can't be sufficient protection for IDF that they've done so far. Yes, it would come at civilian deaths. Civilian deaths that Hamas is intentionally causing in their propaganda war. But uh, we've discussed this before, and I just don't think that... Uh, an Israeli soldier's uh, life should be put at risk like that. Yeah, uh, and uh, I mean, we we agree on that. Of course, we know Israel's policy is uh, is different. So we we uh, this is why we do expect more soldiers to die. We should hope that they have you know uh, more aerial support. Of course, we don't know what's going on the ground there. I I'm glad that we don't know. I don't think we should have that kind of details because if we have it, uh, the enemy has it. Um, but yeah. Uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, Israel, uh, part of the, the three-week preparation, I guess, was in part, of course, to um, uh, weaken them, at least from the air, as much as Israel couldn't, and, and prepare uh, the ground uh, the ground invasion. And, uh, yeah, it, throughout that time, uh, Israeli officials kept saying, you know, there are going to be uh, many uh, we're gonna pay a heavy price. Pay a heavy price means we're gonna lose many soldiers, and uh, I think that is that is now a part of what's happening now. Um, there was a you can probably see it on social media. There's this uh, interview with this Hamas uh, spokesperson. He he was interviewed also, I think, by Sky News or some British television channel um, sometime in the past week or so. Uh, and and walked away when he was asked about civilian casualties because he said Hamas doesn't kill civilians or or something like that. 
So now there's a clip of him saying that they will repeat October 7th again and again until they uh, wipe Israel off the map. And again, this is not a surprise. This is what Hamas exists for. Uh, Israel seems to finally acknowledge that, but it doesn't really. Because uh, so I, I uh, showed up at the Zoom call for today's episode uh, like a minute before it started because I was watching the press conference with the um Israeli defense secretary uh, or defense minister. And he was saying uh, about the, the trouble in the north, uh, the northern border of Israel with Hezbollah. He said, you know, we have forces there. We're prepared. We don't want war, but we're ready for any scenario. We don't want war is we are denying uh, reality. We are denying what happened on October 7th and denying the fact that this is, again, all part of the uh, the Iranian war on Israel machine. Uh, and Hezbollah is a much, much, much stronger uh, uh, part of that war machine than the Hamas is. So everything Hezbollah did, uh, everything Hamas did, Hezbollah can do many times worse from the north. And um, they're and rocking Israel- more accurate, more pa- Americans need to know this, Brits need to know this, and the world needs to know this. Hezbollah's rockets and missiles are more powerful and more accurate. They have greater distance. They could conceivably do much worse damage. There are many more of them. They have many, many more rockets, uh, several times as many rockets, and they have many more fighters. Uh, so uh, a, a similar attack, you know, from the air and the ground uh, to what happened on October 7th. Of course, Israel is now uh, a bit more prepared defensively for something like that, but it will have its, uh, you know, it, it will be successful to some extent by by their standards in, the, in that many, many Israelis will die um, very likely more than died on October 7th. And if and when that happens, that is the point at which Israel will say, you know what, now we will go to war to destroy Hezbollah. Now we have uh, legitimacy from the international community. No, the legitimacy is from uh, the reason government exists and the reason there is a state of Israel and it has a government and it has a military. That is your legitimacy. An enemy uh, says they want to destroy you, shows that they want to destroy you, has attacked you repeatedly. You go in and destroy them in advance or you uh, you you suffer the consequences as Israel, Israel did on October 7th. They're obviously part of a coordinated Iranian assault on Israel. And by the way, American interests in the area as well. And if we can't see that it wouldn't have even been a preemptive strike on Hezbollah if it had been done more than three weeks ago at the start of this, it wouldn't have been preemptive. It would have been self-defensive. And now that we've actually had rockets coming over from the north, it's obviously self-defense. The logic of all this simply escapes me, or I should say the illogic, the irrationality of all this simply escapes me sometimes yeah um unfortunately you know uh i know america is the one semi-ally that israel has and i have liked some of the things coming from uh, the administration of the united states government but you got admiral kirby yesterday saying no it's not the time to talk about ceasefires but it is the time to talk about pauses you know, pauses for humanitarian relief. When I hear my own government talking like that, I have to be distressed at the kind of support that uh, America is not giving Israel right now. 
Yeah, yeah, and as you said, you know, America's, uh, you know, the, the the nature of its support is, uh, you know, certainly in in terms of what they're publicly demanding of Israel is insufficient, but it is far greater than um, than anybody else. Now, of course, it, it's 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 also America has uh, not just the history, but also the uh, the ability to support Israel more than others. So uh, we've talked about the Czech Republic, the Czech, uh, I just saw that the Czech, I think it's, I'm going to say prime minister. Uh, sorry, I don't remember who is the head of government in, in every country, but uh, whoever is the head of government was in a, a pro-Israel rally speaking uh, prime minister, Daniel says. Um, and and uh, yeah, we, we talked about the defense minister saying uh, the Czech Republic should get out of the UN. And, uh, and again, of course, my, my only problem with that was that it came from the Czech defense minister and not from the prime minister of Israel or the president of the United States. But, you know, we'll take what we can get uh, in uh, on the journey to hopefully leave the UN. Three cheers for the Czech Republic, man. Three cheers for the Czech Republic. That's showing some moral backbone. Uh, je suis bohemian. I don't know how to say it properly. <laughs> we should all adopt that kind of moral clarity. Yeah. And the Czech Republic was one of uh, 14 countries that voted uh, or 13 countries that voted with Israel uh, in, in the UN uh, on that uh, ceasefire resolution that wasn't really a ceasefire, but kind of was. Uh, that was um, uh, put forward by Jordan. Speaking of Jordan, they have recalled their um, ambassador from Israel. They've, uh, I believe, kicked out the Israeli ambassador. Uh, that's uh, one of those one of those peace deals that you know I have I've spoken on this channel in recent years about why I don't I don't think Israel was right to have to sign peace deals with Jordan and Egypt. Uh, I know that's a controversial view. Uh, even among objectivists, but I think, uh, yeah, you should you should never sanction uh, totalitarian regimes in any way. Uh, you know, you can have some sort of uh, agreement where you don't uh, currently, when you're not currently at war. But uh, uh, yeah, I would not uh, pretend that they are legitimate governments. Um, and also, uh, some Latin American countries are. Talking about cutting ties with Israel or cutting ties with Israel or uh, threatening or whatever. Chile is one of them. Uh, Bolivia is one of them. Israel will, um, you know, have to make do without the uh, uh, products of uh, Bolivian uh, borderline communism. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, yeah. All, all, all the all these uh, lovely people around the world are, uh, uh, you know, standing with their kind of people, Hamas. Um, more people who are standing with Hamas are the Houthis in Yemen. Uh, so Yemen is in a sort of a, not a sort of, they're in a civil war. Uh, the Iranian-backed Houthi, backed Houthis against uh, the coalition backed by the United Arab Emirates. We were talking on this channel about how Arabs don't just uh, fight Israel, they fight each other. That's a thing in the Arab world. We, we saw it in Syria, we see it in Iraq. Uh, and we don't really see it in Yemen because nobody cares about them. Uh, but now they are, uh, you know, they're raising awareness. You know, uh, I, I I sympathize they with me wanting to be, raise awareness, although uh, it's raise awareness. Fun. Well, they, these savages wouldn't be significant at all, but for the fact that, oh, wait a minute, who are they armed by? The Houthis are armed by Iran. 
Ah, so they're getting sophisticated weaponry from the evil Islamic Republic of Iran, like all of these evil players are. I, more than 90% of Hamas's funding comes from Iran. <laughs> Boy, has Balaz been the beneficiary of all kinds of largesse from uh, the Turanian government for a long time, as we've been discussing. Uh, but the Houthis, back in 2003, when they got started, uh, get this, uh, they, they, their slogan was, quote, God is great you know, Allahu Akbar, uh, uh, death to the U.S., death to Israel, curse the Jews, and victory for Islam. And that has been adopted as the group's trademark. So where have I heard that before? Uh, where You know, it sounds oddly familiar to me, but obviously these Houthis are uh, Islamicist fanatics uh, of the same sort of uh, ilk as Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas, so they've joined in the fight, and only because they've been armed uh, by Iran. Now, I heard that as early as last Thursday, United States warships were striking down some of the missiles being shot from Yemen. I hope that is continuing. Uh, like you say, I don't need to know the operational details, and I kind of don't want to know all the operational details. But it seems to me that going after Yemen itself and taking out the source of these missiles would be uh, perfectly justified by my government right now. Yeah, uh, uh by the way, some operational details that we do know is, yeah, they keep they keep firing rockets. Uh, they they uh, fired rockets. They sent uh, uh, drones. Uh, Israel has been uh, shooting down some of them. They're fired, by the way, on um, Elat. Now, for people who don't know the geography of Israel, uh, you probably know kind of the map. It's you know narrow and long. And at the very uh, most southern tip, there is a city of Elat, which is like a resort town of uh, of sorts you know there are many hotels and um so people uh from around gaza you hear about all the people in gaza who have been uh, mis uh, or displaced or have had to leave their homes you don't hear about the over 200,000 israelis from around gaza and from uh the northern border who have been uh, who have had to leave home many of them are in a lot uh in part because it's safer there it's so far away from gaza uh but also because there are so many hotels there uh, i i don't know the the, uh, the ranking of cities in Israel by number of hotel rooms, but Elat is definitely in the top three with Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, if if not uh, at the very top. So uh, they went there, uh, yeah, and and the Houthis are uh, firing uh, at them, and yeah, like you said, they, they, these are not uh, these are not the small or smaller rockets that we see from Gaza. These are uh, cruise missiles. These are ballistic missiles with hundreds of kilograms of warheads each like if one of those strikes one of those will kill many many people if it hits its target um yeah yeah and um you know and look they've been fighting as you point out the united arab emirates and the saudis have been supporting the government of of yemen against these houthi rebels and these houthi rebels don't like saudi arabia or the united arab emirates anymore uh well Perhaps more, they hate them more than the U.S. or Israel because their internal fights can, sometimes can be much, nothing. Nothing that a Muslim hates worse than, a, than an apostate. Uh, but so they are at each other's throats. And if the world were just simply to leave them alone, they would go back to being right at each other's throats in a savage way, just as they're at everyone else's throats in a savage way until that dream is accomplished. Uh, but uh, we have to look. We have to set that aside saudi arabia and jordan if you pointed out have not exactly i mean they've th their statements of late have shown just exactly how awful it is 
to engage in, to think that our engagement with such nations could be very productive. Look at the positions of these so-called moderate Arab states right now. But of course, when you've got someone like the Houthis, who are even opposed to the, quote, moderate Arab states that are willing to talk with the West, then what we're talking about are religious fanatics that are absolutely uh, beyond the capacity of discussion, uh, d- uh, discussing with. They, we should take it to the, America, should take it to the Houthis directly to protect Israel right now. They expanded the war to that theater. They're being aggressive. And I think my government's main responsibility is to contain the expansion of this by Ar- Iran's proxies. We need to take it to Iran ultimately, directly ourselves, in my view. Um, but yeah, I think listeners of this uh, program know my view on Iran by this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we see, you know, when when something as devastating as October 7th happened, uh, you know, Israel will go to a, a, a more serious war. We see uh, when Hezbollah fires from the north uh, or or uh, terrorists try to cross the border, which has also happened, uh, Israel will uh, do these, you know, small surgical strikes on a... Um, uh, southern Lebanon uh, or or Syria, wherever uh, the attacks come from. We haven't seen that uh, in Yemen yet, uh, not from American forces, of course, and not from, oh, and we've seen U.S. Uh, respond to uh, attacks on their bases with uh, with these surgical strikes uh, or, or um, lip service strikes. Uh, I don't know how to call them, but uh, yeah, we haven't seen it in Yemen. Uh, Yemen Again, if if a declaration of war uh, is is made, that alone is something to be taken seriously. If they are firing rockets, that again, one of those hits, um, and and then there would be no question. But so, do we have to wait for hundreds of people or thousands of people to die, or can we say, you know what, let's let's start let's start with something, uh, you know, let's start with uh, some sort of um, attack on their their bases in Yemen and. Um, you know, if if you need so a, think, if you need if you need a place to start, start with uh, one Yemen street, Yemen, and work your way up. I, uh, <laughs> right. I thought so I'd, the logic, uh, you know, so the it, logic it, it, goes it, like this: I can start shooting a gun at you, Razi, but you can't fire back until I actually hit you. Okay, so Yemen is firing these uh, missiles. One cruise missile hits that seaside resort town. Thousands of innocent civilians could be killed. Do we have to wait for thousands more civilians to be killed before we can do something? And they'll call it all that. Then they'll point out all the civilian deaths that some, they'll call it what, a preemptive strike? No, it's not a preemptive strike. These guys are backed by Iran and they've already been lobbing missiles. I mean, I don't get it. It would be perfectly act of perfectly rational self-defense if America went into Yemeni uh, targets and took them out right now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you know, in uh, in normal times, we would have had at some point uh, this week, if not a full daily objective episode, at least a uh, segment on um, on the reality show about Matthew Perry. Uh, some of you, I think, James, you missed that. But some of you saw my little tribute to him there with a Yemen street thing. But uh, anyway, thank you, uh, um, Bonnie, for the super chat. Thank you, Vadim, for the super chat. Thank you, Tassos, for becoming a member. And thank you, Catherine, for your super chat. Um, Yeah, you know, uh, again, I would love to see 
some action taken against anybody who who takes action against us and by us i mean israel and the us and generally the west but what i would really like to see is uh you know this is all we we say this every single day on these shows and the people uh who make decisions on what to do where uh, when to strike where to strike they know this as well this is all iran so if if you're uh going to say you know we're, we're not going to strike uh on yemeni soil because we are uh we're too busy dealing with iran sorry did i say iraq I meant Iran. Right. <laughs> we are dealing with Iran. Uh, fine. Then deal with Iran and just shoot down the missiles and send all your military uh, firepower uh, at Iran. Uh, but but yeah, that's not being done. That's not being discussed. And and I keep seeing uh, people in the West, including official sources, say we don't want to escalate this. You know, Hamas needs to be destroyed. We don't want it to become, well, it it needs to become a a wider uh, Middle Eastern war. I'm going to talk about that a bit more in in the reality show when I talk about my peace plan for a true and lasting peace in the Middle East. But but yeah, I think that's, uh, I gave it away. Uh, Sorry for the spoiler. So let's see. So every time there's an escalation. Hezbollah escalates. Yemen, uh, the Houthis in Yemen escalate. American bases are attacked more than 29 times. Um, so they can attack U.S. military bases. They can, uh, so, and Iran can say, well, if Israel goes into Hamas, you, you got war with Iran. They've officially said, you got you got expanded war with us if you go and do, defend yourself in, against Hamas. Oh, and by the way, that includes uh, attacks in America against Americans, says Iran. And we are the ones that are, should be in, th- uh, so every step by which they escalate, we respond with, well, we don't want it to escalate. We don't want it to escalate as they take step after step after step to escalate, both verbally and with their weapons. Now, think about that, folks. If we're the ones, they're escalating and we're saying, well, we don't want it to escalate, and putting our heads in the sand like ostriches about real escalation taking place, then wait a minute, we've sent up the white flag. We've already surrendered. We're already engaged in, at best, a slow motion surrender. That's that. Um, we have a uh, We have a few more super chats. Thank you, Jonathan, for the rose. And thank you, Jonathan, for the hippopotamus. I believe that's what it is. Um, and uh, thank you, Equal to Reality. Uh, Equal to Reality says, slightly off topic, how do you convince fence sitters who have uh, decided not to take a side on Israel versus Palestine to back Israel? First of all, I wouldn't call it Palestine. I would uh, call it, uh, you know, it, that that's, that's a name of a country that they hope to have. And I think they never should, at least not uh, in, you know, in our lifetime. Uh I, I would make it uh, about you know the the uh, the Palestinians as a whole. I would also not say it's a it's a war uh, between Israel and Hamas, but yeah, I, I said this yesterday. I, I you know I can I can preach, but I can't practice this because I can't really talk to these people. And uh, uh, the way I can talk to these people is if you share uh, content that I'm on with them or share any of our content on this. I think that's. That's uh, that's kind of an easy answer for me. Um, but but yeah, I said this actually on yesterday's episode of The Daily Objective. I would not start with that. I would start with the enemy within. I would start by showing them, you know, uh, here, uh, 
short walking distance from where I'm sitting right now, there was this um, in Liverpool Street station in London, there was this uh, pro uh, Hamas uh, sit in, they took over the station. This is a station where Jews escaping Nazi Germany uh, arrived, uh, Jewish children escaping Nazi Germany arrived in 1939. You know, there's there's statues around the station. Uh, and, and I, you know, I'm not in touch with these people. I don't know why they chose that station. It's, it's also on the east side of the center of London, but I would uh, take a wild guess and say that is part of it. Um, show people who care about their own lives, the threat to their own lives, the threat to their way of life, uh, if if these people get their way in the UK. Um, yeah, I think you, you do have that problem in uh, Leeds as well, I believe. It's a it's a terrible challenge these fence sitters because I think it's a deeper issue. It's a psychoepistemological issue. It's a moral issue. It's a philosophical issue to be a fence sitter. There are plenty of facts which make this the moral clarity here obvious to someone who faces up to those facts. You know, you can explain history, but someone won't listen to a history lesson until they, you know have the, the idea that there can be moral clarity. A lot of people walk in and say this is an ancient thing, it's a religious thing, it's intractable, in, unsolvable, but it isn't. It isn't unsolvable. Uh, you know, it's not genetic that people are uh, hate other people and are bigoted, violent racists like these people. That's not genetic. But yeah, so long as that's there, is it going to be a problem? Yeah, we have to break them psychologically. Why don't we try a real war for once? Why don't see? It's appeasement that got us here. It's appeasement that got us here. That's never going to solve the problem, and it only feeds into these fence sitters who think, "Well, this is an intractable, unsolvable problem." It is not. How about we try a real war? How about we try moral clarity? You know, uh, I'll I'll let you know whether it's unsolvable when we finally. Get get a decent reaction here, both morally and militarily. Um, yeah, I I should say I lost the uh, live chat. If there is uh, any any super chats that I missed, Daniel, you can send them to me on the on the Zoom chat. But we are uh, coming to the end of this show as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I I do want to tell everybody. Okay, I have the live chat back. Uh, we we have, uh, of course, the reality show coming up. We also have HBTV uh, tonight. That is uh, tonight, UK time, 9 p.m. Uh, that is 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, the title of that is Lethal Language Against Israel. Uh, longtime fans of HBTV might remember that one of the first episodes was called uh, Lethal Language. That was about uh, package deals and anti-concepts. We're going to talk about some of the ones. I'm going to join Harry for that. We're going to talk about some of the ones specifically used uh, during this war. And uh, just a reminder, if you have a question or a comment that you want read on that show, uh, you can do that preemptively uh, as well on, on the live chat uh, for that show now. But it is uh, a 20-pound minimum for that. Uh, we will uh, hopefully have a few of those, but it is not a Q&A episode. And um, yeah, and and by the way, just based on the last time Harry was on the show, if you send a 20 pound or a 500 pound super chat, but with a uh, message intending to intended to troll Harry or any of us, we are not uh, obliged to read that. I know that is uh, not our the vast majority of our audience, but from time to time, we get somebody. 
But, you know, that goes right to the question we got about fence sitters. It's, you know, you need a genius, one of the world's great philosophers like Harry Benzweiner to help conceptually clarify the matter. And so what I would say to you is get your friend, if you can, if the person is open to reason, to go listen to Harry Benzweiner and some sound philosophical analysis of the relevant concepts here that might provide some clarity. We happen to have on this channel coming up later today, one of the world's greatest philosophers parsing this out. And uh, that would be what your uh, fence sitter needs to listen to. Get some philosophical clarification from a great philosopher. That's what I'd recommend. Tune in tonight. Yeah. And uh, by the way, thank you also to the person, I'm not going to name you, but the person who became a member, uh, not just a, not in addition to the YouTube member, person who became a regular member uh, during this show. Uh, yeah, we uh, we will probably start reminding people about our membership program a bit more, even during these uh, difficult shows, because uh, it is important. And by the way, if you are a Midas Mulligan member, we have our roundtable coming up after the reality show. So I have a busy few hours, but uh, many of them are going to be spent here on the channel. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that. And we'll see you on the reality show in a couple of minutes and uh, back here tomorrow on the Daily Objective. Thank you and see you soon.